This show is brought to you by our sponsor, Bitheads. They are a staple in the tech community I come from and have done incredible work over the past 18 years with some of the largest brands in the world, including The Simpsons, Tapped Out, Box, Optimal Payments, The New York Times, among many, many, many others. All told, they've built over 500 solutions from enterprise to entertainment. I'm proud to have them as a part of Untether.tv. Please support us by supporting them. Go to bitheads.com. everybody and welcome to untethered.tv. I'm your host and bearded founder, Rob Woodbridge. Thank you for coming back again and again and again. I really appreciate you guys coming in and listening to this or watching this wherever you are. Got a great guest. This is for the app developers out there. You know that developing an app is only a small, small, small part of the battle to build a mobile app business. I'm not talking about the one-offs, the guys in the basements who are trying to do this as a hobby. I'm, trying to, I'm talking about building an app business. You still need to get it into users' hands. This is after you develop it. Get it into users' hands. Get them to use it a first, a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth time. Become a part of their, uh, become a habit with them. Then you got to get them to pay for it. And then you do all of that and you still have to wait a lifetime for that money to come out of the App Store account and into yours that you can actually leverage to go and build your business some more. Tom Petty said it right, didn't he? He said the waiting is the hardest part, but there is a company out there that wants to help speed up that process. The company is a company is Pollen, and they have created the world's first digital receivables financing platform. They are actually targeting app developers like you. They're calling it Velocity Capital. I have the co-founder and CEO of Pollen VC, Martin McMillan, on here to talk about what they are doing. Martin, thank you for coming on to Untether.tv and sharing your story. Appreciate it. Right, pleasure. Hi, So you're in San Francisco right now. Uh, you're splitting your time between San Francisco and London. That's right, isn't it? Correct. I'm roughly half and half in between San Francisco and London at the moment. I'm, I'm actually personally in the throat of moving to San Francisco, but um, the, the the company is going to be based pretty much equally between London and SF. That's right, because the supersonic jets really make that that uh, that transfer, you know, the, the flight really short, don't they? No. Uh, yes, yeah, sa sadly not yet. But I'm uh, a, a combination of uh, combination of sleeping pills is uh, is getting getting me through it. <laughs> Lord. Well, tell people about Pollen. I, I gave a, a brief description, um, but this is this is a pretty unique uh, company, and what you're doing is fairly unique. But there are so many pieces to this. I'd, I'd like to, you to describe it in your own words, if you don't mind. Sure. Okay. So, um, if I rewind to, to a little bit, is um, I was previously running a music app development company called Sonic Play, uh, and I was um, constantly. Um, the, well, I, I kind of had the issue, if you like. We had uh, royalty holders to get paid. We had, um, you know, mouths to feed internally. We were a bootstrap company, and I found it really, um, really frustrating that you knew exactly the sales that you'd made on a daily basis, and you knew exactly when you were going to get paid. Uh, it's just a case of um, you had to you had to factor in a way of 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 funding that gap in the meantime. So there was one time that things were getting pretty tight and we actually, we looked into seeing if there was anything we could do to unlock the value in the receivables that we knew we had um, banked on the App Store. 
And initially, we from talking to developers, everyone's like, "Look, there's nothing you can do. It's you know, it's either it's Apple or it's Google or it's any of the, the platforms. They're all you know, pretty much the same, um, and it takes as long as it takes." But in a previous life, I been a, uh, I'd been a bomb trader for seven years, um, working for UBS in London and New York. So I understood the credit side of things, and I thought there must be a way to. You know, for the traditional kind of discounters to get their heads around the idea of um, being able to discount the receivable. Obviously, you know exactly what you're getting and from who and when you're getting it. But what I found was just a real disconnect between old world financial services and the digital economy. And the idea of this was a very much paper-based um, system. So they were asking me to, you know, send across invoices. Now I couldn't because. You know, there's not an invoice that's generated, but I can take a screenshot saying that I'm going to get paid this much money by, you know, by this company on this date. And there was there was just this complete disconnect. I just couldn't persuade the the, the two sides to see it. So really, that's what, um, uh, you know, that that was the real sort of, um, you know, the the idea behind uh, pollen from a you know from a practical point of view. Because in my career, I'd had the ability from the old world financial services, but also the coalface experience from being an app developer with the problem couldn't grow quickly enough. Um, so we, you know, between the co-founders of Pollen, we had uh, we had really good um, experiences across all of those uh, sectors. Why? Do, why do you think when you go to developers, you know, I see this all the time, is that well, it, it just it can't be done. That's the the standard response. You, you know, you can't change Apple, you can't change Google, and that's fine. But uh, you're proving that you know what there's that that kind of gap. That you you discovered is is an opportunity, and and why weren't people looking at that as an opportunity as opposed to just accepting it the way that it was? Sure, I think I think if you look at most uh, most of our app developers and backgrounds, so obviously didn't have the you know haven't gone through the sort of financial services um, you know training and so on, and just you know you just accept it because that is the status quo and the norm, and you challenge many many things in the ecosystem, but you know the payouts and stuff were just accepted as the norm. Um, you know, from our point of view, what we're doing is we're, you know, we're just providing extra liquidity into the ecosystem, enabling, you know, more people to sell more apps, the app stores to make more money, developers to make more money, and just by taking all the sort of like the latency out of it. Um, so that that's really where you know where, where we're coming from, and you know, for us to challenge the status quo of, of uh, you know, the. the the time it takes to actually get paid and stuff was only because we'd had this sort of unique insight from you know the old world of financial services and uh, you know, and the outside. So that you know from our point of view as as um, as founders of the business, um, there was uh, you know that, that that was a really interesting kind of time. What what happened to the company you were running, the app company? Uh, so Sonic Play is uh, is still going um, as a but very much a, um, a a sort of background or a hobby business now. Isn't that funny? Uh, well, it's you know, and and it was a uh, you know we, we had a we had a great product. Uh, we had superb reviews. We had incredibly high traction, etc. But the you know getting the app into enough people's hands uh, and getting uh, the continuous usage was just going to be too expensive. Yeah, uh, the to cost do. of that doing that is ridiculous these days, isn't it? To be able to make a to make a go of it, but. Uh, but I, I mean, talk about that transition. You, you know, you've got this light bulb that goes off because of your background and your current situation, um, and then you're kind of balancing these two. You're looking at the current business and you're looking at the steep hill about, you know, how do you, as you said, solve the problems of an app company, and then you look at this opportunity with Paul and 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 uh, you know this gap that you've discovered. Um, you know, talk about your your headspace at this moment uh, because I, like like any entrepreneur. 
you, you kind of go through these like attention deficit disorder. It's like shiny over here, right? So what was the transition like away from the app company into Pollen? So it was, it, it was, it was kind of obvious actually. I mean, we'd started off looking at just the cash side of it. And you know, I was kind of thinking, well, everyone's just like me, they want the cash quicker. But it wasn't until we actually asked the derivative question of well, what would you do with that cash if you had it quicker, that was really the light bulb moment. And so, the, I mean, to be honest, when we just said about the cash, we got a slightly lukewarm response because people had just had it, you know, just the, the accepted norm was the accepted norm. But when we, when we started to highlight what you could do in terms of recycling this money into paid user acquisition um, and looked at how paid UA was effectively happening at the moment, that's when the light bulb really went on. So we, we, we thought through the scenario of... Um, if you take the accepted norm now that you're going to, you know, unless you're Flappy Birds or Yo or whoever, you're going to have to support your app at launch with a level of paid user acquisition in order to generate enough stalls and and, uh, and monetize um, that way. So <clears throat> in order to do that, you look at how this is going to be funded. If you launch at the start of January, you're not going to see any money out through either paid apps or IAPs until early March. So if you, if you know that that's going to be the case, and you have to plan for it, then you know, at the lower level, you're going to be um, probably as an indie funding that on your credit cards or your parents' credit cards in the in the in the early days from self-serve ad platforms. Uh, further up the curve, you are going to be if you're a, let's say a seed-funded company, you're going to take a big chunk of your investors' money, your expensive dilutive equity capital, and put that straight into user acquisition. Because as a startup, you're probably not going to be able to get any kind of credit terms from the ad network, so this stuff has to be prepaid, and it's a whole you know, separate topic. So essentially, then you are, um, despite the fact you're actually earning revenues from day one, you're not unable, you're not able to unlock the value from that. So what we're doing at Pollen is just basically recognizing that you have these receivables clocked up, and we're we're effectively giving you early access there. So whether we're paying you as cash or whether we're recycling money directly into the ad network of your choice, um, that's uh, that's what we're doing. So we're unlocking the value in the sales that you've already made. And and so when you looked at this and you balanced this against the challenge of running an app company, you said this is w with that that equation in play. You said that this is quite obvious. The you know there's nothing in the market like this. I, you know what whatever customers eyes lit up investors eyes lit up your eyes lit up and you said this this was clearly the obvious choice to make yeah as, as a you know as a as a personal choice this was a you know this is a an enormous market that's growing the problem of user acquisition is only growing getting more scientific and more complicated and um, so yeah that that was a that was a pretty easy easy decision to make so it's really like you know if, if you were to classify this you you are in the user acquisition space as opposed to the kind of the bridging capital space is that or, or are they equal at this point for you guys no the i mean if you if you look at what we're doing the the, the overall kind of pollen offering if you like is um the, there's the cash part of it so we'll you know we'll pay you out from 95 percent of your cash revenues every seven days if that money is being recycled into user acquisition, our target is to pay 100% of yesterday's receivables directly into the ad network of your choice. And then the other thing that we didn't start off with, but actually in the first few months of actually starting to build out the company, we recognized this could be a super valuable additional um, stream to the business, is that the developers we were working with, really there's a lot of... Um, 
there's a lot of kind of black art around paid user acquisition. No one really knows how to do it particularly well. There's, a, but it, it's becoming such a, you know, such a requirement and like a core competency to do well internally um, in order to be a successful app developer. So what we figured would be a very useful thing, and this has hit, this has resonated extremely well with all the guys we're working through in the beta. Um, and as we start to roll out now into uh, in, in, into an open beta, we're, we're, we're hiring some of these guys and to fill these posts at the moment, is this idea of providing you with a paid UA consultant as part of your pollen offering. Mm. So <clears throat> what these guys will be doing is um, working with you as a part of your team. Um, they're not, you know, it's not an agency. We don't have any particular affiliations of one ad network over another, but it's to be on your shoulder giving you strategic advice about, you know, um, what type of user acquisition you should be doing, trying to take best practice from people who are, who, you know, who are doing really interesting things in the space, not necessarily just, you know, throwing money at the same ad networks, uh, hoping it's going to work. So looking at your attribution, looking at what's working for lots of people at an aggregated level, but really what's going to work for you at a micro level, uh, and just there, you know, at the end of the phone to talk to with the same access to numbers and hopefully adding some value into the equation as well. So we figured uh, we had we had probably in the early days we had forty or fifty app developers through our doors, and so many of them turned around to us and said, "Look, can you help us with our user acquisition strategy?" Because there are shifting sands, pricing is going up and down, different networks coming on and so on. And um, we, we figured that would be a really a really useful addition, uh, addition to our offering at Pollen. Yeah, because you know, developers can spend a lot of money and get very little value. And I talked to a lot of developers around this. And, and right now, to accelerate your business, uh, especially mobile app business, uh, as you said at the very beginning, it's going to cost you a lot of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, quite possibly millions of dollars, um, because you're going to waste a lot of that. And if you can trim the waste, and you know, you know, basically increase efficiency when it comes to spend on these these ad networks. That is valuable, valuable. Now, is that part of the service that you guys are offering? Is that part of the equation, or is that in addition? Is that another revenue stream for you guys? Well, no. So, so the, the, the user acquisition side we want to have as a um, as something that underpins the overall pollen offering, right? So, what we will strongly advocate, what we do strongly advocate, is you spend a lot of time doing your waiting and testing. So, there's two two key parts of the recipe that you need to work out before you start taking on big UA campaigns. You need to have a reasonable estimate of an LTV of a customer. Now, obviously, it's going to be different in different territories and so on. You know, so many people do this early waiting and testing in New Zealand, in Canada, in Australia, um, because those markets are shown to have like a like a, a demographic that can be rolled out into in the U.S. Um, market, so on from there. So, uh, first of all, work out on average what a customer is actually going to pay you, and then work out the best way to acquire those customers and what it's going to cost you to acquire. And if you can get to a formula that your, you know, that your expected LTV is going to exceed your cost of acquisition of that customer, and you can start to do this at scale, then you want to do as much of that as you can as quickly as you can. Um, and that's what we want to be there, providing the gas in the tank at Pollen. So once you've got that formula, and once the graph's all going the right way, and everything is aligned in terms of monetization and acquisition strategy, then we want to provide the fuel in the tank to enable you to um, to really grow. Uh, aggressively, and that—that's the whole idea behind our concept of velocity capital. I, I, lo I love that because you just brought up so many very important things, right? Which is understanding pricing, 
understanding where you have to price in order to be able to acquire the appropriate client, understanding who your customer is, understanding the best ways to reach that customer, understanding the cost of reaching that customer versus the cost of the application. And then when you put all those together, it gives you your business model for your app. And I've talked to so many guys that just arbitrarily 99 cents, $1.99, $3.99, $1.99, right? Free, freemium, uh, you know, 99 cent in-app purchase, unlocking, like all of these things are all arbitrary until you've actually gone through and done those. And I talked to, um, you know, uh, a number of companies that, that do come up here to Canada to be able to test it out, to see what they, they've launched a couple, you know, Raj Singh, who uh, runs a company called Tempo, it's a calendaring app, came up to Canada a year before he launched in the US to test out, you know, the uh, adoption rate uh, and the sign up rate and the, you know, who would connect social networks to their to their application so they could have those numbers and then they could replicate down in the United States. Is that, that's that's what we're talking about here is that kind of thinking, right? Yeah, it's such an important thing to do because the you know the the dirty secret, if you like, is that if you don't have this stuff all worked out, then almost no amount of money is going to get you up into the charts, right? The, the the exception to that is if you have crazy, crazy amounts of money and you know you're acquiring users who are unprofitable, but you spend enough to just get into the chart, and then you start to get the the uh, the natural organic install uh, benefit from being the charts. Um, to count to counter that out, but that not very many people can play that game. How much money do you think that is these days? Uh, I, to, I, I mean, depends on the charts and the territories you're trying to get to. But I mean, you can easily spend you can spend millions and millions of dollars yeah. doing that. Yeah, and hope, right? Yeah, and and, 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 a, and a lot of hope, and it's quite a it's quite a risky and aggressive strategy. So you know, for for everyone else, you want to make sure you're doing it based on you know on positive economics, not kind of spray and pray economics. Yeah, this is the maturation of this industry, right? Because there is now because it's highly competitive, there's so many millions of apps out there, you, you have to think things through, you have to think about that. And part of what you have to think about is, is not just that first interaction, like I said, in the inter introduction is that, you know, I, I, I look at this is that, you know, developers spend 99% of their effort and budget on development and then they don't think about marketing they don't think about what it is that you're talking about the strategy that goes into putting an app into market because a lot of app developers that have emerged have never put product into market before this is the first time so they spend and their equation is way off 99 percent of their dollars go to development and then they have this product and then one percent is supposed to drive you know a business you know when they put through marketing and I've always advocated that for every dollar that you spend in your entire business, 99 cents of those dollars should be in user acquisition. And that one penny should be in the development side. Is, you know, that, that's my view because, you know, we've got it inversed. So we, we have, you know, we're, we're, kind of, we're kind of aligned. Uh, what I would say is, though, that you don't need to have the 99 cents in the bank to do that. Right. If, if you can start off, and, and let's say keep the, keep the numbers very, very simple just to, to illustrate the concept. If you can put a dollar into user acquisition and get $2 out, let's say same day, let's say it might be a paid app, and you do that day one, you put in two, you get four out, you put four in, you get eight out, and you can go on, a, on an exponential curve very, very quickly <clears throat> compared to the idea of you launch and you maybe do a PR campaign or you get a, you know, some coverage or whatever it may be. Your first cash out may be as long as you know sixty days later before you can start to reinvest. And even when you reinvest, you're doing it on a linear basis, saying, "Well, this cash has got to last me thirty days, so I'm going to I'm going to split the cash on an equal basis out over thirty days." 
So our idea, and you know, from a certainly a lot of the venture guys, we're starting to get a, a good stream of um, interest from venture funds now, saying, "Can you please talk to our portfolio companies?" It's great for us because for VCs, it's a it's a just a capital efficient way that the app or the game effectively then funds its own user acquisition, and you keep your venture capital in the bank for creating products, for hiring people, etc. So we think it's just a much 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 more efficient way to deploy capital. What, I mean, when you when you look at this and you think about this, uh, w there are a couple of big challenges that developers um, face, right, with the current system, right, and and that's where where you guys fit this sweet spot. W one of them that I think of very clearly is that there's no way in hell that you're going to keep momentum for 60 days, right? So I think about that when you launch your application and you have to wait, you said that you launch in January and you get paid in, in March and that's the money that you're going to reinvest into marketing and user acquisition, 60 days, you're done, right? I mean, the lifespan of an app without dollars behind it is like three days. So the idea that you're going to wait to get that money out and then try to restart, because that's ultimately what it comes down to is that if you do this, you're restarting in 60 days, aren't you? Right. And what, what we've seen is this idea of, uh, and it's spoken to a number of people that say, like, you know, I've had been lucky enough to get featured in my first week or something like that. The numbers go crazy. crazy. But after that, unless you can afford to support it with a, le with a, a level of paid user acquisition that, that's working, then it's going to be a race to the bottom. And you may well be dead by the time you've had your first payout. So from our point of view, we want to help the guys that are you know, getting that initial coverage, getting initial traction, and helping their apps and games fund their own user acquisition so that they can stay up there. And it, you know, it should be the, 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 the idea of the, um, the feature should hopefully be a great launch platform that encourages people to fly and soar afterwards because it's about discovery as opposed to you, know, you, you get out there, but you, you, know, you can't... Um, um, you know, you, you just can't get the gas in the tank to you know to to grow there afterwards, which is a which is a you know a great shame because some you know in order to get featured, you have to have a you know very interesting appealing app if you like, and everyone in the ecosystem wants to see these guys fly. So we just want to be uh, we don't want to see the clipped wings. We want to be able to um, to help some of these guys soar. And I see this with a lot of the apps that are out there. If you look now at both app stores, you know, both of the main app stores and even the Amazon app store, you, you definitely see big boys in there, right? If you look at the game top 10 paid, it's EA, right? So, you know, that's daunting for a, an independent, smaller company than EA to try to crack. If you look at the top 10 paid apps, it's, it is, it's Apple. You know, it is EA, it is these big companies. And, uh, you know, so we're now a house of brands when it comes to these. And, and, uh, and the likelihood of success diminishes as these brands pour more and more of their dollars into it. Maybe they're not doing it appropriately. But what are some of the other challenges that these developers, that developers are facing right now that you guys can help overcome? Well, certainly, we, we hope that we can, to an extent, kind of <clears throat> slightly level the playing field um, to make you know, to make it easier for um, uh, you know, for some of the indies to get you know, to get some traction. Now, are, are, are they ever going to knock out the big guys? No, I, I don't think so. The big guys are extremely good at user acquisition. and have great apps that people like using over long periods of time. It's a great formula. But can we, you know, can we help um, get others noticed and, and drive meaningful uh, install bases? I, I've got a, a, my own theory about in terms of um, linking the physical and digital worlds. And in a way, for me, apps are becoming like any kind of FMCG 
consumer good now. So if you launch a new uh, a new detergent, you're never going to get it featured in the biggest supermarkets in America unless you support it with big TV campaigns and advertising campaigns, right? Now, apps are exactly the same. You're not going to get up into the charts. It's almost like dynamic shelf positioning. You're not going to get up into the charts unless you support it with the level of page user acquisition. So obviously, you're, you're going to have your you know the WalMarts of this world who are going to dominate the um, the, the the main you know um, places where people will go to go to destinations for the big games and so on. But you know perhaps what you have is almost like the uh, specialty stores opening up that will offer you know some more curated kind of niche content, and we can help people sort of rise up the uh, the, the shelf rankings there. It's a it's a it's a great analogy because you start to see big companies that like uh, Supercell right as a as a mobile gaming company that are advertising very aggressively on television right now with their ads for their games. Um, I mean, my kids are singing "Heyday" like the wait by the band is the "Heyday" uh, song, right? And uh, they know that song now because of the ad from Supercell. So you know that's what you 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 know that that balance like these guys have millions of dollars to put into their advertising and marketing budgets, but uh, but there has to be some sort of paid paid some sort of paid acquisition in order to to let this fly um you know the the, the one thing that kept on coming up in my mind here as we're, as we're talking is that you know th there is this level of uh, i'm up here in canada for example we we have great uh r d tax credits from our government it's amazing and the companies that i've run we've leveraged them to the hilt right where every year we were getting three four five hundred thousand dollars back in tax credits because of the technology that we were inventing but we had to wait till the end of the year. And then, but what we found out is that obviously with your bank, you can factor that. You can bring that dollar forward in order to be able to spend now so that by the end of the year, your revenue is pumped, right? And the money that you're spending. And I see that what you guys are doing that very clearly. They're factoring it against the government owing you money. You're factoring it against, you know, Apple, which is a very good creditor, or, you know, the Android or Google, which is a very good creditor uh, um, owing the money. But um, where do you get your money from? Because all of a sudden, I mean, you, you're either going to do a cash payout or you're going to take that money that is owed and put it into advertising networks. How do you, how do you find your money to do this? Sure. Okay. So what, we, uh, what we've done is we've raised private debt money that we are, um, that we are, we are funding this part of the business through. Um, and so we have a number of different family offices that are providing us the lending facilities. Um, and then what we are doing as we start to die as we as we come out of a close into an open beta we're actually now starting to um, to take on more institutional money as well so this is some of the bigger banks the bigger lenders if you like that are you know are, are that have plenty of cash in the balance sheets looking for interesting debt opportunities and and for us you know this isn't another property transaction this is uh, this is technology driven um, and you know it's not correlated to a lot of the other kind of risks that they that they right. look at. So it's you know we think it's it's a super interesting um, uh, debt opportunity. Um, also, you see that technology markets have been basically completely closed to the idea of, of any debt. Right? It's always been equity financing, equity financing. Maybe once you've done a Series B or raise raise a Series C, there is enough kind of predictability in a cash flow model for a bank to say, oh yeah, okay, I see the cash coming in here, we'll lend you some money about it to fuel some growth. But everything right from, you know, the very early days, it's angel, it's seed, it's A, it's, you know, there's a very, very well-drawn path. And actually what we're doing is we are, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at how we can use, you know, interesting sort of financial instruments to, to help developers. And, and, and we think with what we're doing at, at Pollen, unlocking the value from receivables, 
we can um, we can help them. I think a deploy their venture money or their 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 angel money or, or their own money much more efficiently um, through using a you know through using a smart financial product. I like the idea of, of working with the VCs, right? So that they've already got investments in some of these app companies, um, and and they can leverage you and your expertise not only in that bridge financing but also in the user acquisition, paid user acquisition. Um, you know, do you guys do you ever go to those guys and say, hey, contribute to this fund? Potentially, it's well. I mean, we we've raised our own our own equity yeah. fund for for our business, and actually, we've got some very interesting uh, VCs. Um, as part of our equity investors who have seen this problem firsthand. Yes. Uh, so, you know, that was, um, you know, when, when you get very sophisticated investors who are, who have funded a lot of diff different games companies and they've been on the receiving end of companies spending all their money on creating great games and then needing to, you know, to go back for bridging rounds for, you know, et cetera, to fund user acquisition campaigns, that resonated very well. So. Um, and that's you know from our point of view, it's great. That's great validation, but it's also great recommendations um, for us. So we have um, you know through our own network, we've got access to some really good and interesting early games companies, superb founders, etc. But the thing works both ways. You know, if we're actually helping uh, some companies deploy their own capital, maybe they're bootstrapping for longer, then you know for us to introduce these guys into uh, you know top-rated venture funds after that, um, that that's the other side of the coin. And I think from a from a venture perspective, they like the fact that they see either startups or even portfolio companies deploying and deploying capital really efficiently and thinking about how they're doing it. You know, going into a venture round saying, look, we we really keep our, our eye on the purse strings here. And we're using this as a way of, of maximizing the return on our on, on our equity capital. Well, is there an industry that you will fund? Is there a type of app that you guys look at? Or, you know, is there a business model or revenue model that better suits your business model that you're looking at? Like, do you guys fund games, apps, productivity apps, everything? I mean, re really, any app. If you think, essentially, what we're advancing against is is revenues that you've already earned. So one of the things I very often get is like, the, oh, you were like a payday loan for app developer thing, which I just... <laughs> That's terrible. Which is terrible. It's like three bucks on a hun, dude. Yeah. Well, Exactly, but it's the you know it's the exact opposite of that. It's like all we're doing is we're we're opening up and we're advancing money that you've already earned. This isn't again something that may happen, like you getting paid or not getting paid in the future. So it's the exact opposite of that, and it's it's unlocking value that you've already earned to allow you to do more and to grow your business quicker with it. Is that the biggest misconception about the business? Is that you like the payday loans in the app business? Would you it's, consider that? It, uh, it it's a it's. It's a pigeonhole that I sort of get. Uh, well, it, it's something that comes up more often than I, than I would like it to. But I think when people understand that, you know, the dynamics of it, it's exact the exact opposite of it. Then I think that you know, pe people get that pretty quickly. <laughs> it's a terrible thing to be known as, man. Trust me, big yellow sign. That's all you have to do right now. Paul and VC in a big yellow sign. Just you know, don't don't do that. Um, is there is there a maximum that, uh, and I think this is a good problem when you have a lot of receivables, but do you guys have a cap of, of what you would advance and how much you would advance and uh, to an individual company? Uh, so not not cast in stone. What we look at is everything on, a, on an individual basis. Uh, we've got our own, a lot of our own processes and procedures in place um, to, you know, to, to look at things and the financial health of the company and the founders and so on of the company behind the scenes. But essentially, we don't want to be constraining growth. 
Uh, and if something is really blowing up and exploding, we want to be there to um, to, to support it. So we are very well backed financially, um, and the you know if we can help someone go from one to ten to a hundred thousand dollars a month, then you know we'd be you know we'd be delighted to 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 help developers along their journey. So I, I got to ask about Pollen. What's your goal from all of this, right? You know, is um, you know, what do you hope the outcome is for for Pollen, not for the customers, but you know, you're you're picking up your family as as we've discussed, and you're moving from London to San Francisco because that is the epicenter. And I want to talk about that in a second. But I mean, what is your hope for this company? What do you what do you envision for it? So, so really, what you know, because we've you know we've all been on the other side of the of the the fence, if you like, and app developers and had this problem. I think I'd be really really happy. If we are, you know, seen in two or three years, whatever, by the marketplace, as someone who's who's helped to unblock, you know, some of this sort of credit inertia, add more liquidity into the marketplace, and help everyone in the ecosystem, um, you know, function better. So, every, you know, developers are building more apps, they're selling more apps, the platforms are selling more apps. Um, so, really, to take essentially a you know, at the heart of it, a financial product, but to make it into something that benefits absolutely everyone around uh, around the table. And if we can do that, then I think we'll have we'll have done a, a pretty good job for you know for our stakeholders and investors, but also the the app development and the eco, uh, ecosystem as a whole. You know, it's it, it's interesting because maybe down the road, a competitive advantage between developing on Android and iOS, right? Because this is the battle that's emerging. You know, hundreds of millions of devices, billions of devices out there. And then the multiple uh, number of app stores in countries like China, where Google is not engaged. Um, but um, do you ever foresee a point in time where where payouts becomes a leverage point for these app stores, where it's you know you see this now uh, when it comes to payment swipe devices, right? With with uh, Square and with Amazon coming into this market, um, where one says we'll pay you in two weeks, the other one says we'll pay you in one week, and then four days, three days, two days, one day. Do you ever see that that becoming a a, a pivot point? Um, and uh, for for the app stores, and then what that might have uh, an impact on your business. I don't necessarily see it happening in the app store market. I think where it's more likely to happen is in a more fragmented market like digital advertising. So if um, if publishers who are monetizing you know free apps just through ads, very often they're left sixty to ninety days after the impression before they're getting paid. Right. So I think I think in terms of differentiation and ad networks. Uh, that could be uh, that could be an interesting um, area to explore. Yeah, not not so much the app stores. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, the uh, you know, they're built on very established, very stable infrastructure, and there are not that many of them. Where I think where there are where there are a lot more, it's a lot more fragmented. That's what will create the opportunity. Uh, that makes sense to me. I just I, I often think about this is that you know I love the the multiple dimensions of what you're doing simply around the fact that you're you're not just about a funding body right so you're not just putting money into this money that's earned uh, and what you're doing is helping them take that money and leverage it into new audience and I think that's the key piece here that expertise doesn't exist in 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 great amounts around this planet as you said it's it's kind of a dark arts isn't it. Yeah, and, and and for us, you know, uh, as as three co-founders of the business, we all span traditional financial services. We all had app experience. We'd all had this problem. So, you know, coming together and saying that we we've had the problem, but we know both sides of the equation. We think we have the wherewithal to actually solve it. Um, that was really, you know, the, the, 
that that was a that was a great time um, for us when we when we, re- we recognised not only the cash was the part of the problem, but when we actually followed the money all the way around the trail and we saw how it could be recycled into advertising and how that could really then drive the pace of growth for app developers, that's when we got most excited. God. So you guys are now in beta at the time that we're recording this and, and you're moving into uh, public beta. And then you, when, when do you anticipate that you're going to be uh, accepting uh, beyond beta uh, some new customers? So we are we're getting some very very interesting inbound inquiries just now, and we're finding some of those uh, too tempting to, uh, to 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 put on the list. So I think sort of by default we're moving from a from a close to an open. Um, you know, do we ever come out and have a cut the ribbon moment, saying okay now we're in a full public launch? I think probably not because it's always going to be an application process. There's a bunch of stuff that we have to do to satisfy you know, the people that lend money into our business, for example, to make sure we have have to do this properly. Um, but are we? You know, we're certainly starting to see the pace of inbound inquiry pick up a lot, uh, and some of those are super interesting uh, developers who we really, really think we can help. So um, we're, we're starting to, to ramp up the numbers, um, you know, quite significantly over the next couple of months. What does it take? What are, what are some of the requirements that you have for uh, app developers to be able to qualify, so to speak, for being a part of Pollen? Oh, so it's the the main thing is that you have revenues on the app store. Oh, right. <laughs> so you're not the payday for it, yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. So if you have if you have demonstrable revenues in the app store, uh, and you have uh, and you you go through our process, which involves you know the usual you know, um, things that anyone involved in in any financial services business is going to have. So we we try to make it as easy as possible, not not onerous. Um, but you know you'll need to go through a verification process. We need to do some background checks in the company, but it's all it's all behind the scenes. It's all pretty standard stuff. What we're trying to do is to make that application and sign up process as easy as possible, um, and also in terms of the financial dynamics as well. Not you know we're not trying to adopt a traditional financial services model. We're trying to make it super easy um, for you know for our developers to um, to to get their heads around and to work with. All right. So to recap, the ideal customer for you, the thing that the company that you can help, the app developer that you can help is somebody who has revenue already ensconced and is is really trying to accelerate their growth through paid user acquisition in that in that area. And basically for anyone who's doing from a couple of thousand dollars a month in revenue up to, you know, into the millions of dollars a month in revenue. Uh, and anyone who's trying to, um, to to grow and grow quickly and efficiently. So anyone who's got the revenues, who's who's gone through this process of, of testing and waiting in terms of user acquisition, who then wants to dramatically increase their pace of growth, that's who we want to be there to help. Amazing. Where should we send them? Uh, if you send them to pollen.vc, uh, everything that any developer is going to need to know should be on the website there. Pollen, P-O-L-L-E-N dot V-C. If you're listening to this and you fit that mold, if you're driving revenue through any of your applications and you see the revenue in the distance and you need it now and your goal is user acquisition to turn that money into greater money as a result of uh, you know trying to leverage your receivables, bring them in a little bit sooner, go to pollen.vc. And, uh, and then what you have to do is once you've done that, reach out to me and let me know how it works because I'd love to know and I'm sure I'm absolutely positive that Martin would like to know how it works as well. Um, you know, and get some opinions on this. But uh, pollen.vc. Martin, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for two things. 
for coming on to this and, and explaining what pollen is. But I think the second thing is to open people's eyes to the possibilities here. That just because somebody says that that's how it is, doesn't mean that that's how it should be. And from a developer standpoint, the biggest pain is not the development. It's not anything uh, around putting a product out. It is what happens next. And what happens next requires money. And a lot of you won't be able to get that money uh, through uh, investment or uh, through any, any kind of revenue that is brought up. As we said, it could take up to 60 days. This really accelerates that. So thank you for not listening to those people that said that's the way that it happens. Uh, we appreciate it from a development standpoint. Excellent. Thanks very much indeed, Rob, and uh, for the chance to um, tell everyone about what we're doing at Pollen. Great. Well, we've been speaking with uh, Martin McMillan, who is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Pollen. Go to pollen.vc now if you're a developer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Martin, for coming on. And thank you guys for listening, sticking around to the end. We'll see you next time on Untether.tv.